Welcome back to Gaberhood. I'm your host, Ed Wilson from Brown Bear Coaching. This is an inclusive podcast for exploring gay male life to help us find ourselves, each other, and our own place in the global Gaberhood. Today, we are interviewing someone very special to me. We're going to discuss how did we meet? Are the gays weird? Kids or no kids? What do you live for? What does creativity mean to you? We pretend to know something about Albert Einstein. And finally, we try to enjoy the new and exciting Shame Busters segment. I think you are absolutely going to fall in love with Alex if we captured enough of him uh, because he has that effect on everybody, especially my mum. And it's very annoying. Um, So to all the mums listening out there, have a great time. Hello, young man. What are you doing here? <laughs> What's your name? I stumbled in here riding the pheasant that I parked outside, and here I am. Um, my name is Alex. Hey, Alex. How do I know you? Well, we uh, we have been partners for nine years. Oh, yeah. In December. That's right. <laughs> Does everyone know uh, how we actually met? Not how we met, but more specifically how we actually time our anniversary as such. Let's talk about it. Well, when we first got together, and as a result, the date with which we now use to mark our anniversary mm-hmm. happened to be the same day that Nelson Mandela died, mm. which I think was December 5th, 2014, or was it 2013? You're the memory guy, Alex. It must be 2013 if it's nine years this year. Um, so, yeah, December 5th, 2013. And and how do we know that, we, uh, that that's the day, Alex? Because we had sex. Because we killed him. Oh, because we killed him. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's the other thing. Um, there's nothing like the love between two gay men to uh, kill off a human rights leader. Yeah. Or spawn hurricanes or generate the great potential for molten lava and rocks to rain down upon all highly populated areas full of Christians. Mm, yeah. As is foretold. We are dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> all right. First question. How did we meet? We met... At the aquatic centre that I used to swim at, and that you was uh, worked at as a lifeguard. Mm-hmm. And then what? So we obviously must have seen each other around because I certainly recognised you, and I th- assumed that you must have recognised me. But we didn't actually introduce ourselves to each other until that fateful day in the communal showers of the men's change rooms. (laughs) Yes, indeed. I can't remember. I can't recall having seen you around before that, but I do remember specifically going, oh, that guy's walking around naked without a towel. I should see if I can become his friend. Yeah, yeah, in the change rooms. In the change (laughs) rooms. Not in in public. Yeah, let's just clarify that. Yeah, so you didn't bring any soap. I said, hey, do you want to uh, borrow my soap as my super smooth way of engaging conversation? Mm. And you said, sure. Yeah, excellent. So, I was a genius. Uh, and then I said, hey, you've got a funny bit of an English accent. What's going on with that? Yeah, and then I probably said something like, oh, well, my parents are from the UK, so I somehow managed to pick up an accent off them, but I'm... Australian. Which is the first of your huge flaws, of which you have many. (laughs) 
<laughs> because I also have British parents, but I'm not stupid enough to catch their accent. <laughs> what can I say? I uh, I fail to learn from my mistakes. Oh, dear. Yeah. So, we met in a change rooms. We didn't get explicit. We had a lovely chat. We met up again uh, a few more times, both in the pool and then eventually in the change rooms. Back in the pool, I asked you, hey, I don't want to make you uncomfortable. Going to say, you're missing the plot twist. Well, yeah, let's do the full story, but let's not spend the whole hour on just self-gratifying recounts of our world's best meeting up story. Okay. I mean, no one else knows it. It's just you and I that know it. We've told everybody else. Yeah, everyone that we know, which is like 10 people. Yeah, that's true. So, I said to you, don't want to make you feel uncomfortable, but are you gay? Which is a super sweet pickup line. Oh, my God. You've got to, like, paint the picture. Oh, God. Off you go. So... I was swimming laps in the pool and I was just about done when you jumped in and then you started swimming laps and we sort of met at the end of the pool and we'd chat for a bit and then go back to swimming a couple more laps. I was about to jump out at this point when you arrived back at the head of the pool and that's when you said to me, hey man, look, I don't want to make you feel uncomfortable or anything, but are you gay? Mm note the upward inflection mm-hmm. of your voice as well mm-hmm. and then i said ah oh, ah uh, no no sorry man and that's when you did the whole ah oh, okay right uh, oh, all right see ya and then furiously swam off <laughs> i think i mumbled i uh, guess i'll keep looking then yes yeah something <laughs> like that as you know the the chlorinated pool water concealed your tears as you were uh, the you adrenaline surge yes exactly <laughs> Such a good pickup line. Because I think it it shows you, you know why I'm asking, but it's not in any way offensive or aggressive or suggestive. It's not, I want to lick your butthole. It's, hey, are you maybe gay? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I I recommend um, it. I mean, yeah, it is an added uh, hurdle to overcome for gay men to actually meet other gay men in not so explicit circumstances. Yeah, big time. And you know what? That's exactly why I wanted to start with our meeting story because I do a lot of stuff with gay men through coaching, through podcasting, through the book that I'm creating now. And everyone always complains about the apps. And of course, we all complain about the apps until it works for us. And then we go, oh, so glad that worked out. Um, But in the meantime, are you really visible? Are you really asking people that you think might be a good match for you, whether or not they're gay, whether or not they find you as interesting as you find them. Are we, I don't know if it's confidence or shame or a mixture of all of that, but there is a world outside of apps and bars and clubs where we can meet, Mm. can hook up if you want to, or you can date and start a relationship. It is possible. We are living proof. And frankly, after my first 10 experiences of Grindr, I knew for certain I didn't want to meet someone that way. Mm. I don't judge anybody that has. Absolutely not. I'm happy for everybody that has. But I went on a crusade of <laughs> just any guy that I was like, yeah, seems straight, but that kind of is my type. So, I'm just going to ask. Mm. And it, yeah. never, it never backfired. And then I found you and then I've never needed to ask anybody <laughs> ever again. Yeah, there you go. So- Hmm. Lesson, lesson learned. Just put yourself out there. Yeah. 
I, I think so. Um, there are reasons, you know, for people to go incognito and keep themselves safe and small. But if it's not an actual safety thing and you're just kind of being small, I'd really love for people out there listening to just sit with that and go, well, why do I do that? What's wrong with me? What's wrong with me wanting a partner? What's wrong with me feeling lonely? I find it totally natural. Most people want to meet a partner and, you know, live a coupled life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah, just think about that. So, what did you think about finding a life partner before you found me? Oh, before I found you? Mm. I guess when I was much younger and probably for most of my teenage years, I just assumed that I would do the wife, 2.5 kids, dog, house in the suburbs thing. I just expected that that's what would happen for me and that these feelings to the contrary that I was having would just go away over time. And was that was that your attitude when we met? I mean, you were 23 years old, right? Mm, yeah. That was still your attitude at that time? No. My attitude at that time had probably changed. In the years beforehand, I had started having sexual experiences with women and it was just more and more apparent to me each time that this was not my jam, that this is not feeling in any way good at all. Mm. Like, it's quite hard to maintain an erection, uh, although fear is a powerful aphrodisiac. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> when there's a voice in the back of your head literally screaming, Oh, yeah. No, get out of here. <sighs> you hate this. Yeah. You really don't like this. And that voice has the sprinkles of, you're doomed. Your whole life yes. is going to be difficult. Everyone is going to judge you. You're one of them. By the time you and I met, without actually saying it to myself, I had come to the conclusion that I was probably going to be alone. Really? Yeah, but I just didn't think about it as literally as that. I just avoided any kind of interaction that, in my mind, I thought would lead to some sort of intimacy. Wow, with either gender? Yeah. Wow. Because I just assumed... Well, it's not that I assumed, it's just that I had subconsciously decided to shut that down mm. and be the uh, the fun-loving bachelor amongst my group of friends. I should say any gender. Uh, there's more than two genders, both scientifically and spiritually, um, emotionally, personally. Okay. Mm. And since, and so in the intervening period, there was, was there a couple of months between me asking you if you were gay, you saying no, and then you hanging around and stalking me in the change rooms and then asking me if I still remembered the question that I asked you, which of course I did. Stalking you in the change rooms. Yeah, no, you were totally appropriate. <laughs> you- <laughs> the stalker is now the stalked. Oh, yes. You were totally appropriate and dapper. You just got dressed. You looked cute and sensible, as you usually do. <laughs> and you politely came over and asked. But my voice went, yes. Mm, that's when it got rapey. <laughs> I meant to sound a bit more excited and less creepy. <laughs> <laughs> Which failed. I hope I did at you the time. failed, my friend. <laughs> oh. And then we went out for coffee and we had really good chats. I had recently been on a kind of sort of date. Oh, my God. That's its own whole story. Okay. Just quickly. There was this guy from high school who I'd always assumed was gay but never came out. Very flamboyant guy. Never came out. Christian family. 
um, Asian heritage as well. He would re- he was randomly on this date with this guy. Do I know this person? No. Okay. Also at the swimming pool because obviously as a lifeguard and I was saving up to go. I think I was still saving to go on my Euro trip for six months. Or maybe I just got back. I can't remember. You're the memory guy. He was on a date with this guy and they kind of- it didn't work out, but I was watching them out of the corner of my eye as I was watching them swim or I was checking the spa rooms and saunas and stuff as lifeguards have to do check for wristbands and that. And then it didn't work out. And I was like, oh, hey, are you are you on a date with so-and-so? And um, he's like, oh, yeah, kind of. Why? Do you know him? And I was like, yeah, I kind of do. That's interesting. I'm, I'm gay. I guess you're gay. And he was like, yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, so how'd the date go? He's like, oh, not very good. I was like, well... Okay, anyway, um, I guess I feel slightly uncomfortable, but I ended up hooking up with him. Oh, you pounced on him. I don't know if I've ever told you about this. And I mean, I'm not surprised by it. You saw saw weakness and uh, yeah, (laughs) you- (laughs) I I can be a little bit of an animal when I'm interested. Uh, I'll let you define that. Up to you, up to you. I'm just me, man. I'm just a sex person. And so- He revealed to me as we were lying in bed together that he was only interested in penises. And I can only assume in hindsight now that he likes girls with dicks and that that's definitely a thing, whether it's femboys or whether it's um, transgender people or, you know, if I can just use the term loosely, tranny, there's a lot of people out there that self-identify with that word and very happy with it. So, he wanted a chick with a dick. And like, cool, good for him. But he's telling me all about how much he likes girls and the shapes of their bodies and their hips and their legs, like forming a cup shape while lying in my bed after we just had very mediocre sex. And I was just like, mm. get out, man. Like, you're not my jam. This is not my thing. I support you, but get out. And to be fair as well, you are not his thing. Like, yeah. He was only discovering it, though. And, Mm. you know, bless him. I'm glad I could be that guy for him. He's like, no, you've got muscles, you're hairy, I don't like that, but I really like your dick. And I was like, I'm glad you like my dick because you just spent some time enjoying it. Yeah, he just doesn't like everything else that it's attached to. Yeah, isn't that amazing? I actually find that amazing. Mm. Good for him. So, I was afraid that you were the same. So, we had to go out for coffee because I was like, what? What are you? I what need are to you vet doing? This guy. Yeah, you said no to the gay thing. Like, what is up with you? And you've since disclosed, I wasn't ready to be out. You weren't out. And mm. you'd never dated a guy before. I was your first. You realized at some point within the couple of months between me first asking you and then you waiting around and, and asking me if I remembered the question, you were like, I can't let this opportunity go. Not just because you were feverishly horny, just because <laughs> you knew what a gem I was. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, this is the first- I mean, obviously. Um, mm. it, this was the first time that- the carrot had been dangled in front of my face, so oh, to speak. So I, I had did dangle the carrot. Yes, present literally and metaphorically, but so politely, um, we didn't. We did not hook up in those showers at yeah, all. Like I had never had a man who I knew to be gay mm, show interest, interest in me, <sighs> and that obviously lit the spark in my mind that I could get this, like I could have this. And there was one moment when. I had just, I think I was leaving the aquatic center and you must have finished your shift and you were about to go for a swim and you sort of swaggered out in your speedos and were walking towards the pool and I was behind you and I was totally checking you out. 
And I literally said to myself, I could be tapping that. Oh. <laughs> that, and I think that, that carrot dangling. Yeah, that, that <laughs> carrot. That um, carrot. I think, I mean, not that specifically, but these were the things that allowed me to turn the corner in my mind. Yeah. And realize that I I not only could have this, but I want this. You wanted it. Yeah, yeah. it became positive for you. And the mm. risk-reward balance tipped over because you're like, well, the reward actually seems really great, even mm. though the risk is high. Yeah. Yeah. It is a lovely story. I'm not even ashamed of saying that. Um, I can't help but think there's maybe thousands of gays that just hate you right now. They're like, why can't some guy meet me in the showers and say, he's gay, am I gay, show interest in me. All I have to do is swan around and say yes, and he'll pick me up and carry me away into a stable relationship. Well, yeah, look, hashtag blessed. (laughs) <laughs> haters gonna hate that's just how the cookie crumbles sometimes i guess <laughs> yeah totally good for you alex um what's the best part of being in a stable relationship i'm not sure really okay what's the worst part the worst part i don't think there's a worst part either when you are truly in a stable loving relationship the other person whether you agree or not does become an extension of you Mm. to a point where Mm. it's like saying you know what's the worst thing about being alive and you know what's the best thing about being alive Mm. it's like well yeah there's there's kind of lots of things but i don't really think about them because i'm too busy living you Mm. know yeah yeah it's the same with the relationship yeah there's there's good and bad moments but just as much as there'll be a bad moment a Mm. good moment will come around and vice versa so yeah you just exist within it Yeah, I actually think that's a really beautiful imagery and I do agree that we have melted into each other and it's not so much that it feels like we are in a relationship, it feels like this is life and Alex is there and Ed is Mm. there, you know, you're part of my life and so I don't, it doesn't feel, it. this just is life. Yeah, and you know, there's- obviously there's stuff you do that annoys me just as there's stuff I do that annoys you, but- there's stuff I do that annoys me. Yeah, exactly. And there's stuff I do that annoys me as well. Can't stop, won't stop. Yeah. But <laughs> I don't dwell on those things, mm. you know? Mm. Yeah, fair enough. Um, Are we weird? In what way? I mean, yes. <laughs> like- objectively yes we as individuals are weird but Uh, okay like what what do you specifically mean actually i missed the title there it's uh being gay (laughs) are gays weird no i think uh we're as weird as everyone else is except and i've spoken to you about this before we've broken the one big rule in life which is don't be gay Um, So, as a result, everything else we do, like, it doesn't matter now. It pales in comparison to- We're ultimate sinners already. Yeah, exactly. Well, yes, you're referring to the idea that we've broken out of the chains of social expectation. We had to. So, we were put into the the pressure cooker of, we know that we're faggots on the inside. Everyone's telling us not to be. Anyone and everything is saying that's a bad- uh, choice, bad lifestyle, bad people, shame, 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 shame. And there's nothing we can do about it because that is who we are and we can't change that about ourselves. So, we did the very best we could and at some stage we came out and that is a huge 
for mainstream general life, and you know it's 2022 now, so it feels a bit different now already. We're 33, we're born in 89, but yeah, it's a huge social no no as well. Yeah, what's the number? Seven. (laughs) (laughs) We have already broken the biggest rule, so you know we don't necessarily have kids, we don't necessarily get married, and everyone kind of gets to ask us and not expect anything. Mm. And that's a huge advantage. Once you address some of the the lingering issues that come with having been shamed for so long and denying yourself, policing yourself, um, being worried about what everybody thinks, once you come far enough on that journey and just coming out isn't it, there's much more to the journey, you're actually more free. And you know, you know the truth of the experience. You don't have to follow the rules. The rules don't exist. Yeah. And so, to come back to your question, no, I don't think we're, as gay men, any weirder than everyone else out there in the world. Are it's, you sure? It's just, no, I think that, more, I guess more broadly, people who are not queer dilute their weirdness yeah because they feel that it does not fit in with what is expected of them they're still playing the acceptable game exactly some of us still are too right but i agree with you generally you know if a straight person is into piss play they're not going to tell you if a gay person's into piss play they're more likely to tell oh, you first thing you find out about oh like barry 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 loves piss play get we don't out of the bar- troughs barry, barry. God. God. not again this is a nice wedding <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, that is a blessing. I love looking, you know, we talk a lot of times negatively and we get upset about everything all the time because everyone's coming for us and woke, woke, woke. But that is absolutely a blessing and it's one of our powers and one of our advantages and I love it. So, thank you for mentioning that. No worries. Do you like the gays generally? Um, I like them in as much as I like and or dislike everyone else out there in the world. Wow, really? Yeah. I mean, I don't. There are lots of gay men that I do like Mm. as people. There are lots of gay men that I dislike as people, just as there are straight people, non-binary people, whatever other version of people out there in the world there is, Mm. whom I like and dislike in equal measure. Mm. The the things that I dislike about them are rarely their their identities, Mm. you know? It's their, like, beliefs they hold, opinions that they have, political persuasions that they want to follow, conspiracy theories that they seem to need to tell me about all the time, like, <laughs> as examples. Right. You know, right. those are the things that make me dislike people, and whether they're gay, straight, bi, otherwise. That doesn't seem to change it much. It doesn't change much. Okay. However, I think it's probably worth raising- and, you know, you you tell me what you think about this. I find that I struggle to connect with gay men when it's very apparent to me that their whole identity is that they are, in air quotes, gay men. Yeah, this is a big, this is a big topic. There's so many layers and angles to mm. this. I think what you're saying, you know, when I think about it is... I. <laughs> I work with too many gay men. I've come too far. Here's my position. We are behind the eight ball generally on knowing who we are, Mm. being well-adjusted, being self-accepting, and being self-loving. Therefore, we're not good at being authentic. We're not good at knowing who we are. I should know people pay me thousands of dollars to help them with this. It's 
endemic to us. And actually, that ties me back to the question, if I can answer it, in general, I get, and I know this is weird, but I get slightly like, I need to smell someone out. If I know that they're gay, I want to just check how comfortable are they? How authentic are they? How yeah. okay with themselves are they? And more often than not, the average gay man is not as comfortable and natural and composed as the average straight man. I might not have a lot in common with him. I have tons in common with, you know, most gay guys. We all have a universal story, even if I don't like Britney or Beyonce. Shock horror. But- it means that so many of us become, you know, head-driven, I don't know who I am, strive, 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 or repress, repress, and it's ugly. There's a lot of ugly gays out there, and I don't like dealing with them. Mm. And I mean that in, like, you know when we have bad grinder experiences or you go to the gay bar and a lot of people are feeling awkward or there's just those typical lines and you're like, I don't smell real people here. I smell performance. And I think that's what you mean when you say their whole identity is wrapped up in being gay. So, they decided it feels like they've upped the upped the camp and they're like swishing and flaming and saying all the lines from RuPaul's. This is the topic that comes up on every single episode of Gayish. Uh, gay uh, Behood. Gayish is a delightful podcast you should check out. It's one of my favorites. Uh, shout out to Mike and Kyle. Um, yeah, is that what you were <laughs> no saying? Way to get your podcast title wrong, Ed. <laughs> hey, they got, <laughs> they got hundreds of episodes. I have five. Um, yeah, I should be more specific. I wouldn't say that I, I like or dislike these people. I find it difficult to connect with gay men who are presenting me with the facade of yep. gayness. 100%. As if that's going to be the thing that kind of bonds us together yep and the reality is it's not it's the fact that we're human beings yep that ultimately bonds us together and like creates those connections yeah and it's learning about someone and finding out about their truth yeah and like the fact is you and i both know very very gay men very mm. like classically gay men if you will yeah who we are great friends with because that is their truth and that is who they are yep and it's not you can tell it's not a lie no and what a queer the, person who's, exactly. you know, non-binary, basically. So, shout out to Nick. Yeah, shout out to Nick. Sissy. Hey, yeah. Sissy. That's the distinction. It's when you're being true to yourself and you're fully showing up and being who you are. Yeah. You're easier to connect with, you're easier to like, and it is tough with the gays, and that's why that happens. Yeah. Yep. Lovely. Let's put a, let's put a pin in it. Nice one. Not a pin. We're not coming back to it. It's done. Drop it. Drop the mic on that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> are you ashamed to be a deviant? ashamed to be a deviant what are you suggesting edward is this old school language now or do you think this is still real do you think a 12 year old kid in high school right now is ashamed of being a deviant i mean what even is a deviant yeah but that's a very enlightened view i think it's still going on i still think the 12 year olds know that they're deviants there's more char- you know we're watching the sandman at the moment and there's plenty of queer characters and it's fucking awesome however we're still deviants hmm well, I think we all, and I suppose I can probably only speak for men, although I'm sure women do experience similar things as well as any human being, basically. We all experience this feeling probably at the start of puberty where we start having these feelings and emotions and wants and desires. And I think we don't know how to rationalize them. We'd struggle to talk to them because in 2022, we still live in this kind of weird Victorian Christian 
society where, without being told explicitly, seem to feel that it's not okay to talk about anything that's sexual. Yeah. Um, and Unless you know, we're making fun of it. Yeah, and being gay is defined by your sexual interest and desire for same gender. So, therefore, the two are inappropriate for children. Still, generally, even though we know it's not true. But yeah. in the culture, that is a thing. So, yeah. I mean, in answer to your question, yeah, as a 12-year-old boy when- you know, I discovered that, uh, you know, in the words of the Divinals, I touch myself. <laughs> like, that in itself, just the act of, was enough to make me feel shame because- Oh, I felt terribly shamed. Yeah. I realized I was a wanker. I was like, oh my God, that this this is that word. I just became a wanker. I felt terrible. Yeah. Some people have- I've asked people about that because I ask a lot of annoying questions, as you've noticed. Oh, I know. There are guys out there that are just like, nah, man, that was the best day of my life. I was like, oh my God, I've got fireworks in my pants. Like, this is great. Who is that guy? Bring me that guy. Oh, really? You've never heard someone say that? No. Oh, yep. I've met him. I can't remember who it was. You're the memory guy. Okay, then. Well, I've obviously never met them then. Let's start asking everybody and find one. (laughs) Okay, then. All right. Let's see how that goes for us. Yeah, great. Um, I think you're more leaning towards, did I feel like I was a deviant because I knew that I was gay? I'm, that's a given, isn't it? I was kind of um, asking, yeah, I was provoking you with the question. I guess I didn't feel that I was a deviant because of that. Really? Like, I no, I didn't think that I was a, a deviant, but no, that's good. I still had the feeling that this cannot be, mm. you know, that I cannot allow this to be a thing. Yeah. Um, there's a cat that's just jumped on top of my lap. No, let's let her be there. Yeah. I remember struggling for two years straight, right in my head of like, why is this happening to me? What have I done? What? Where did this come from? Why me? What does it mean? And of course, you know, being a life coach, I've come to realize these questions are all redundant and there's no good answer. So, don't bother mm. thinking about it. There's better things to spend your time doing. Um, until I had the realization one late night where I think I was just tired of crying about it, you know, at like 11, 12, keeping myself up, not being able to sleep properly during high school. And I was like, hang on a second. I haven't done anything mm. to make this happen. This is all happening to me. It's completely beyond my control. So, hang on a second. If this is wrong and I've done nothing, it's Mm. their problem. It's not my problem. I'm not the problem. Gays are not the problem. People who can't accept people who are different Mm. are clearly the problem. And that began my joyous years of being uh, atheist and very (laughs) self-confident and hating on the church very strongly. And I was like, these guys are the enemy. Um, Mm. And that's how I chose to express my anger for several years throughout high school. That and being a bully. Has that changed? I like to think so. (laughs) Oh, you you do, do Fuck off, Alex. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, kids or no kids? No kids. Why? Because <sighs> fuck that noise, seriously. Like, <laughs> um, no, I love my life the way it is. And I don't look down on people who choose to have children by any means. But I also look and see the sacrifices that have to be made to bring up children and to raise children to become fully functional human beings. And I just don't want to do that with my life. Right. 
Are you sure it's not shame and fear? I mean, you've often heard me invoke the the phrase, you know, you have a child and hope that by the time they get to 18, they'll be able to look after themselves. And next thing you know, they've got a meth addiction. Mm. Like, there are things that run through my mind where perhaps, perhaps there are other people that have these thoughts, but just having a child is not like a guarantee that- you're going to have the child that you want. And I mean, I'm a perfect example of that for my parents. You know, they did not expect their children to be gay. Right. But, you know, nor did they expect one of their children to be neurodiverse, which Mm. my brother is Mm. as well. Yeah. You know, there's all these things that I often wonder if parents consider when they're thinking about having children. And also as well, I think- because in the Western world, we still do live in a society that is very affected by Christian values. We seem to value sacrifice as well. And yeah, there is a lot of sacrifice that goes into parenting. There are sacrifices that you as the parent has to make Mm. in order to bring up someone else. Mm. But the joy is the trade-off for that. Or it's meant to be, right? Everyone tells you that straight away very, very quickly. Oh, but I wouldn't wouldn't trade him for the world. The number of times in my working life where I've worked with people who are parents and they will rant and rave about stuff their kids get up to but finish every everything with- Wouldn't trade him for the world. But I love them. Yeah, and look- I think it's true in the vast majority of cases, oh, yeah. and I'm very happy for them. Yeah. I'm very happy for them. I'm sure it is true, but also Almost as well, all the time. I think it's probably worth pointing out that this also comes back to the, we've just broken the one big rule. It's the big rule. You must have kids. Good people have kids. No, not, I, no I, was, I was talking more specifically about, you, we've broken the rule, that is, don't be gay. Yeah. So, as a result, there are no longer any expectations on us to get married, have kids, do anything that was there before. Yeah. People still ask there. But it also removes those expectations from yourself, too. Like, yeah, before I came out, I fully expected that I would have kids. Right. But then when I broke the rules, so to speak- Mm. I actually started truly asking myself, is that what I want? Mm. And I don't think a lot of people, especially women, get to ask that question of themselves. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Like, So, you'd agree with me, right? In our culture, good people have children. Families are a, a high moral good. Uh, yes, I think that- belief is diminishing slightly yeah but i think there is still a much more primal primal yeah overriding like oh man woman must have children yeah well i mean lots of people like to have sex a lot right a lot of kids are not planned yeah we'd probably have a kid if we could that is traditionally how you end up with children as well um accidentally i guess i guess so I don't know. No, I, I meant like sex. That is usually how you end up having children. Oh, just yeah. Hilarious. Itself. Yeah. <laughs> well um, done. <laughs> I do what I can. Yeah, I think that a lot of, for brevity, I'll just say straight hetero couples just think that, oh, you're a man, I'm a woman. I guess we have kids now. Yeah. But I don't think that they 
truly ask themselves, is that what they want? I think, like, this is not something yeah. that no, I no. really know oh, about no, from experience. It's okay. I think everybody knows that you don't know and that you're just trying to make a bold statement. <laughs> I appreciate just it. talking crap. Well, no, I don't think you're talking crap. I think you're trying to get it out in the best way you can, but we don't know for sure. And it is a sweeping statement. So it makes your knee-jerk reaction, you know, don't stereotype, don't generalize. But I agree with you. So today, I agree with you. Maybe in a year's yeah. time, I change my mind. But that I'll... I'll I'll put my balls on the line. And That's mean, not a thing people say, but I'm going to do it anyway. Just do it if you want to. Eh? I will. They're um, on the line. And look as well. <laughs> I say that it's not something that I've experienced. However, like a lot of my straight female friends do talk about when they're in a relationship that I guess has gone for longer than 18 months. Mm. They have to start navigating. When are we going to have the baby? When are we getting married? Yeah. Like it's just a given that that is the end game. Can I just say one more thing about the culture? Mm. Just this week, I heard our opposition leader, who is the conservative side of the conservative party, talk about the potential war with China. And then he goes, well, you know, there's a lot of innocent women and children that could be the, you know, um, victims of such a situation. He just straight up left out the fact that tons and tons of men will die, but mm. we can be both civilians and armed combatants and all die and all be victims simultaneously. That just, it just... Yeah, it just shits me. But that sacrifice, Edward. Oh, sacrifice God. is a good thing. I couldn't be less conservative. <laughs> anyway, let's leave it at that. Well, look, to bring back to my point, though, about sacrifice and how it's sort of- yeah, But don't sacrifice me. No, I mean, what I'm saying is like this pervading feeling that, oh, that is something to aspire to, whether it be like sacrificing- oh, it's honorable. Yeah, it's honourable to be an honorable man. yourself to bring up- children or it's oh yeah, yeah to sacrifice yeah. yourself yeah i guess more literally in the field of war or something like that yeah or as a civilian but because you're a man it's not as sad because yeah. you're not a woman or a child i guess this is the thinking that comes into when people either do or don't choose to have children the counter to it is obviously that oh well if you don't make the sacrifice it must be because you're selfish and i often wonder why we why we look down on actually looking after ourselves mm. you know that's like, deep why is it when someone decides to value their career over starting a family why is that sometimes perceived as being selfish or that there's something wrong with that person as well like why if they love their career why can't they focus on that why do they need to have children yeah there is a lot of whys we could ask mm. <laughs> and we would never get done that's true thank you for mentioning it what do you live for? What do I live for? Yeah, I really mean this. Great food. Being able to laugh. Mm -hmm. Like People take things too seriously. Just fucking laugh. Um, creating lots of different things. Like I really enjoy cooking. I really enjoy drawing, as you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I guess ultimately living my life in a way where I am free to engage in the things that make me happy. Mm. You know, that's what I live for. Mm. And really, isn't that what everyone should live for? You're a selfish, childless hedonist, Alex. I know. Disgusting. Yeah. And thank you for that. That's beautiful. You know, I ask people that a lot. Direction and purpose is a big thing that people come to coaching for. And I wish they could answer so easily and clearly the humble answer that is basically everybody's answer. Yeah. But I, I think it's probably worth pointing out that direction and purpose have to an extent, in my opinion, been co-opted by the cult of productivity. Though. Oh, yeah. If you love 
being an accountant, going into work, and then coming home and having two-minute noodles and watching repeats of The Simpsons. Like, if that's your perfect life, go for it, bro. Like, you don't need purpose or direction to have a great life. You just need to enjoy what you're doing and- but that is the purpose and direction. Exactly. So, th- yeah, that's it's the, that individual. That's the catch-22. But yeah. purpose and direction doesn't have to be something that you continually strive for. Yeah. We all think success, in air quotes, is like similar to purpose. Mm. Or that by default, it's everyone's purpose to get rich and be quote-unquote successful. Be an astronaut, be an engineer, be a lawyer. No. No, 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 no. You are going to hurt so many people by squishing them into a box that is not the right size for who they are. Yeah. And, you know, I bring this up because this is what I thought I needed to live my life for, for finding this sense of purpose and direction and needing to be productive at all times. Um, I saw a really interesting and thought-provoking comment on Facebook of all places where someone posted an image and it was accompanied with the phrase, sometimes it's okay to just survive. Mm. And yeah, it's, I'm sure even... Elon Musk comes home and is like, I'm just going to watch TV. <laughs> like, apparently he claims, oh my God, let's not talk about Elon Musk. I mean, Musk. yeah, that's, no, a, no, no, that's, no, a, no. that's a bad example um, because he's a robot. But yeah, you know what I mean. There's this push now. And I think it's a very male-orientated push to have to be productive and following your purpose and constantly be moving in the direction of your goals at all times. Otherwise, you're not, you're just not- doing anything right oh dude i think it happens to girls equally hard and then they get the pressure of the kids thing yeah i think they they're, oh, yeah you are, i've yeah, had so many right. girls come up and especially professional girls from my um career in uh, big enterprise they're like oh you know you've got to have it all or you can have it mm. all and having it all it just means doing everything a man does plus raising children in the way that women not only culturally but physiologically are more tied to having to child rear mm. yeah you know, totally if you could change things by magic what would you change i uh i think i would change the world so that we are a bit more like our bonobo cousins oh yeah just more chill about sex more fucking no not necessarily but less hung up about all that stuff like don't they do social policing sex so if you know barney has been out drinking all night you give him punishment sex because it's like don't go out drinking so much you've got responsibilities (laughs) is this what you're asking for no it's more in terms of uh in bonobo society yeah like sexual gratification is almost a commodity to them. It's how they get members of the the troop. That's what I think the, the collective noun for primates is. Mm-hmm. To basically operate in a way that's uh, amiable to them. Yeah, I think it's positive and negative. So I think they give reward sex, but they also give punishment sex. All right, okay. I didn't think that. I mean, you know, is there such a thing as punishment sex? Neither of us are bonobos. But yeah, no, see, see, that kind of goes to the heart of what you said. Like, what if we made love, not war? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. True, true that. While we're being silly, 
I actually, you know what? I wasn't being silly. Okay. <laughs> the world's not such a bad place. We spend all our time mm. and energy. Tra- I personally troll. I don't troll it anymore. I've weaned myself off it. But Reddit, Twitter, the social media news cycle, blah, 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 blah. It's all so negative, so dark. Mm. There are incredible things happening every day. If I could change something by magic, it would be that we had like a more strange diversity of potential pets, like half jellyfish, half dogs, or dogs with eight legs or octopuses with dogs' heads or, like, more pets, more kinds, more silly, more ridiculousness. Mm. We're all so serious. We're all, you know, striving, surviving, voting, nuclear danger, nuclear danger. Sure, it is real. But, like, how much of it has actually impacted our day-to-day lives versus how much head time do we spend thinking about all the big negative problems while we could be enjoying half jellyfish, half dog pets? Yeah, I mean, look, playing fetch with that creature- Yeah. Is not going to be the same. <laughs> like, no. If I throw a ball, yeah. Octopus limb, dog head, animal. Her name is Sandra. Sandra <laughs> is gonna. It's not going to be as fulfilling as if Sandra was full dog. Is what I'm. <laughs> is what I'm going to say. Well, you can have a full dog, but I want my half jellyfish, half octopus, half dog. You're a creative person. Mm-hmm. Are gays more creative? Again, I don't think so, but I think we are given license to be more creative because it's just expected of us. You- mm. I think we are sweet, sensitive souls. Do you think it's the rule-breaking thing? Well, we're already gay, so we might as well be out there creatives. Yeah. Right. So, we're not different. It's Yeah, it's not that we're different. We're just allowed to be more of ourselves. Yeah. If we let ourselves- Yep. Like, if yeah. we let ourselves be that way. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, I know I know just as many straight men who are as equally creative as me, mm. but shut it down. Yep. Because that's faggy. Yeah, that's not what men are supposed to be like yeah. in their minds. Oh, you like colours and birds and pictures and songs and dance? Homo, homo. That's really changing, though. There are a lot of men and boys now who are being brought up to be creative in those ways. But yeah, I still think there's an element of it being less than in compared to doing something more typically male. Right, like an engineer. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Our culture's got a lot to answer for. Mm. What does being a creative mean to you? I don't know if it necessarily means anything, to be honest. Is it an expression of yourself living? Yes. It feels integral to your ability to be and do you is to- do creativity yeah look it's hard for me to describe because when i am doing some sort of drawing or illustration it's probably one of the only times where i shut my brain off Mm. and i don't have the constant running commentary going through my mind yeah because I'm just so engrossed and focused in what I'm doing. Yeah. Flow, right? Yeah, it's the flow state. It yeah. really is. Yeah, it's lovely. And when, I, when I've finished doing whatever I'm doing, the feeling of joy that I have, yeah, is incredible. Like, mm. it, it is intoxicating. Super satisfying. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Nice. How I turn that into an answer to your question, I don't know because, I mean, I'm not sure there needs to be an answer because, you know. Well, I think we put it at the front. It's it's living. Yeah, it's it living. But also live, as well, to like. To truly live your way in a true, honest way. Like humans are 
inherently creative. Yes. Like it's kind of the the cornerstone of the success of our species, if you want to look at it from a oh yeah, you know, anthropological point of view. We're all creative in some way. Mm. Yeah. I, I think just yes. allowing yourself to do it. Yes, I would like to back you up there because forever, you know, since year two where I couldn't um, color the dinosaurs in without crossing over the lines and I used to use my crayons in multiple directions. Says year two, it was more like year seven. (laughs) It continued for a long time. Yes. You know, either someone told me or I told myself or I came to the idea that I wasn't creative. Mm. It's absolutely not true. Yeah. The way I do my friendships, the way I conduct my family relationships, the way I did business, the way I do our relationship, the way I do my business, the way I do this podcast, the, the things that I choose, the way that I say it, the things that I vibe on, how much play and joy and silliness and just like letting the mind go and mm. doing the things that I do, the way I dance, the music I like, all of those things are creative. I'm choosing them. Mm. How do I find them? Why do I know that I want to do them? You have to look, I'm sure, into the same place that an artist does to say, what do I want to play with today? today what do i want to create and do and how do i want to do it how does it smell how does it feel what does it look like what color is it that is creativity and mm. i do it all the time yeah totally yeah and that's like we do it all day every day like yeah someone who goes to the shops to do their groceries for the week they're creative in how they choose to spend their money and well how you they are make it work for them not me but you know what i mean though like <laughs> creativity doesn't have to be painting a picture absolutely like, yeah i just said that creativity is problem solving Ooh. And those problems can be anything. Yeah, that's true. For me, doing a drawing, it's the problem of how do I get the ink that's in the pen to look like the thing that I have in my mind on this piece of paper. Yeah. You know, for Einstein, it was, you know, what's the the relationship between uh, time and mass? I, well, you know what? Let's not be reductive about Einstein. The more self-help and coaching related content I go through, the more in crazy like spiritual level stuff that he talks about, you know, Mm. humans at our core level and how we interact and who we are and how we relate to ourselves, each other and the universe. He actually had a hell of a lot to say. I wish I'd already read them so I could say something into this podcast, but I'm going to go get a book about Einstein, everything that isn't just the maths and physics. Oh, look, I am praying to the Norse gods that uh, he did actually have a theory about the relationship between time and mass and that I'm not just talking crap. Um, <laughs> yeah, dude. E equals MC squared. Yeah, don't even worry. But is it time equals Is it ma- time? Yeah, is it time and mass? Well, but- space-time is the theory of relativity that, like, time and space are the same. Look, we're clearly in over our depth, but Look, I, don't think, even worry I think about if you it. say time, mass, space, Einstein's there somewhere. I'm just- I'm just hoping that Energy. I don't sound like an idiot. That's all. Gravity. No, that was somebody else. No, all I'm saying is there's a lot more to that dude than physics, and I'm excited to go dig through it. Mm. Um, some really profound kind of – it doesn't surprise me that that's true, right? Because truly great people who do huge, great, amazing things are often extremely open-minded, open-hearted, um, well-adjusted people who are, you know, in flow almost all of the time, and they're very comfortable there. Yeah, and he his genius is a form of creativity. What? <laughs> the man of many talents. Okay, he did not, did he? No, of course Fuck not. Fuck off! Shut up, Alex. Oh my god, you're such an idiot. Why did I invite you? I don't know. <laughs> okay, I don't know why I'm here. I'm giving you comedy gold, and you're just not even, you know, you're not even feeling it. <laughs> I guess I'm a little nervous about creating an awesome podcast. Mm. Forgive me, please. 
I think we might have already covered this, but what's the best thing about being gay? Um, I mean, we have already covered it in the- The breaking free? Yeah, totally. That's, no? you know, that is still my answer. What about the sex, though? I try my hardest. Yeah, I mean, well, like, sex is great. Like, being gay doesn't make it greater or less than, for that matter. True. Um, because I'm sure that there are just as many other people of whatever- sexual orientation that have equally great or equally bad sex depending on what your flavor is yeah for sure i also think the break three break free thing comes back there right because as mm. gay men at first you might be whatever for people to explore it but we do stuff with our dicks and our butts and our fingers and our tongues in all ways shapes and occasions and because you're already gay you've already broken the rules mm. so kind of get into what you're into and I'd say we're probably more creative in the bedroom on average than the average person. Yeah. I mean, you know, you never know. Nah, come on. Girls complain all the time that guys are so, like, sexually limited. Yeah. I mean, it was only a fortnight or so ago I was out with some work friends on a Friday evening uh, having a beverage. Yeah. Uh, as is the case. As is your want. As is my want. Yeah. And we got into this topic of sex basically and looking back now foolishly asked my female colleagues because the conversation was sort of on this topic what's the worst sex they've ever had mm -hmm. and almost all of them said any sex with a man oh jesus yeah and like it was very light-hearted with which they said it that's what i'm talking about i've heard that as well yeah but you know there was there was an element of truth to it as well. Exactly. Yeah. I'm not joking. I know it's a generalization, but I'm not joking. We broke free so we can do butt stuff. Yeah. We also tend to like butt stuff. And on that topic, here's a question I've been asking myself lately. You know, I often wonder why I'm not a bottom. Like, I don't see stars or love getting stuff in my butt in the way that so many gay guys do. And frankly, after I've moved through all the shame and all the identity, everything, I'm just jealous. I just wish I had a magic button in my butt. I wish I love getting pounded that way. It looks amazing. Mm. There must be straight bottoms, straight male bottoms. Oh, yeah, totally. They have the kitten caboodle that I don't, and they would see stars if- and I mean, pegging is a thing, yes, and straight guys are starting to joke about how they do like their girlfriend putting a finger in their butt. But the thing I hear more more frequently, actually, is that the girls want to put a finger in the guy's butt, and then they're very reluctant. Come on, straight guys. Maybe some of you have this magic button. I mean, look, I yes, that is true. I certainly know a couple of guys who have revealed that they do like uh, stuff in the butt. Stuff in the butt. But also as well, and I- Ironically, this comes back to uh, expectations. I think as gay men, we have the expectation that, oh, I must like having stuff up my butt. Yeah, not true. No, not true. Like Occasionally. When the, uh, you know, when the mood's right. I own a couple of dildos. I'm man enough to admit it. Mm, yes, you do. Very occasionally. Yeah. But, like, if that's not your jam, then don't even worry about it, bro. Yeah, it's not a problem. Yeah. I tried. Believe me, I tried. Yeah. I wish you'd try more. Believe me, I tried. <laughs> I'm not easy to handle. <laughs> not with your butt, anyway. You speak for yourself. <laughs> 
Thank you very much for talking with me today onto the podcast and into everybody's ears. The whole point of Gaberhood is to connect and share and belong and feel normal and connected. And I I already know that we've achieved that. So, thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you, Alex, for being a part of it. I would like to shift now to, uh, instead of the usual zany question round, I've invented some shame busters for you. Are you ready? Yeah. Yeah, far away. Is this classic Ed? This is very classic Ed. Do you know the question I actually skipped, but maybe we should do now? What is it like being partnered to a life coach? Well, I don't... The thing is, you've always been like this to me. That's true. That's why it's such a good job for me. Because I already love this shit. But it took you so fucking long to realize that yeah and to find the job you were pissing about with all this sales shit well i was thinking about psychology and i remember in year eight you know how you do those time capsules when you enter high school and you get it back in year 12 i liked rebecca shout out rebecca i actually liked her for her spunk and her courage i she yeah anyway i hope she's well hey rebecca i wrote down it said what do you want to be what do you want to do and i truly sat with that question for some time and Mm. i found my answer it was I want to help people. Yeah, right. And that's yeah. not a job. You thought that uh, sales would do that, did you? Yeah, well, sales does help people. It solves problems. It creates value. But yeah, you're right. Sales was not the career for me. I mm. couldn't be happier that I did find a career that I truly, truly care about. And the mission of the podcast is the same as the book, is the same as the coaching. I want every gay man, because of my personal experience and my intimate relationship to the topic, to be as well-adjusted, self-loving and effective as they possibly can be. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah. So, basically, you said it's fucking awesome. <laughs> you love it. Oh, yeah, sure. I love uh, in the middle of the night, in the middle of the night, you leaning over and whispering into my ear, um, don't let your egoic mind take over your dreams. <laughs> Anything you do that displeases me is essentially your egoic mind yes. reaching out to cause problems. Yes, of course, as we know. <laughs> But yeah, look, in answer to your question, mm. what, what's it like living with a life coach? Mm. Um, it's exactly the same as it is living with you because, yeah. you know, you are this person 100%. So, it's like, yeah, <laughs> they can't be separated. No. Well, thank you. I, that means you love me because you've been with me nine years and you tell me that you love me sometimes. Yeah, sure. If you want to interpret it. That way. <laughs> oh, fuck all right shame busters you ready yeah yeah let's do it have you ever broken the law uh yeah sweet have you ever betrayed somebody uh, do you want me to tell you what no dog oh sorry okay. i should have premised all of this yeah right? i was gonna say like you yeah. oh, i think it was a wednesday afternoon at 2 a.m <laughs> um, wednesday afternoon at 2 a.m the store is off to a great start <laughs> like would you just want yes or no answers no alex i'm not gonna put you on the spot like that i would never do that to somebody the yes you i'm comfortable putting you in the hot seat for the first ever shame busters <laughs> but i'm sorry i should have said this properly whether i'm comfortable or not is irrelevant no because i knew that you'd be comfortable who could be more comfortable in my presence than you Literally nobody. Help. Help me. <laughs> Shut up. Blink twice if Alex needs rescuing. <laughs> so, you don't have to give any specific detail to any of these questions. But the point is the fact that you know it, you own it, and mm. you're happy to say it. That is everything. That's already addressed, if not eliminated, or at least made you aware of the fact of the existence of shame within you, that perhaps you'd be happier if you just accepted it and let it be what it is rather than feeling ashamed. But I don't want to know any of the particular details, not because you've done, I'm afraid you've done some crime that you should be locked up for, but because 
this is everybody. This is all of us. Anyone could be asked these questions and you get a very different reaction. But I think we all know the more comfortable you are with every part of yourself, the more you're going to enjoy life. No? Now that Ed stopped talking, uh, I was seven years old and I stole a a Kit Kat from Woolworths. (laughs) Seven? Was it a flavor of Kit Kat? No, this was back in what would have been the mid-90s when you just had, like, standard Kit Kat. Am I the first person you've told? Uh, I don't think so. Okay. All right. Not a huge shame for you. Is that it? Because that's weak, man. It's still still breaking the law by definition. Weak. I want you to really break the law. (laughs) (laughs) Have you ever betrayed somebody? Oh, yeah. Of course you have. Everyone has, whether you realize it or not. Mm, Fair enough. How bad? Zero to ten. Well, this is the thing. For me, maybe a five or a six. But for the person that I did betray, mm. it would probably be a closer to a ten. That's exactly what I thought when I was asking the questions. Mm. When I asked myself, I was like, there are people in my life that I know they felt ten that I betrayed them. Yeah. But to me, I knew why I did it. And that's the reason why it's so hard for me to give a definitive answer there because yep. it's not my betrayal that i'm feeling you know it's the other person's betrayal yeah and you know you know why you quote unquote betrayed them your reason is something they don't understand but you didn't do it because you wanted to hurt them Mm. unless you did you were dealing with some shit and you're like i just want to hurt somebody today i mean yeah who knows Mm. i I was the one who was a bully for a while right yeah Mm. made me feel better sorry everybody I'm specifically sorry to everybody. <laughs> Have you ever thought about how wrong you are? Um, I mean, yeah, probably. When I was a teenager and hurtling through puberty. You don't do it anymore? No. Never? No. How wrong your sexuality is? No. What about your specific sexual desires? And you know that I know them. At least I think I do. So, I guess because I never really was brought up to believe in a god or a creator and as a result never had any sort of leanings towards uh religion i never had any feelings of those sorts of moments of shame when i was growing up it's just that i knew being gay was not desirable in society still Mm. that's what i was aware of i didn't think i was wrong i didn't think i was wrong i just knew that i was different Sure. What about your specific sexual desires? You know that thing that you really like that I do for you? Oh, what when you? It's pretty fucked up, Alex. When you dip the feather duster in peanut butter and sprinkle it all over me. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> no. I I mean, well, you know. Hey, it took us a long time to find those. It feels so good. Why, why should I feel wrong about it? Yeah, but I don't want you to misrepresent it. It's not like you felt okay with that since we first met. Our sex life has yeah. evolved yeah, massively. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But also as well, I wouldn't say it's necessarily a f- like it felt wrong. It's just that I wasn't, I didn't have the sexual confidence mm. to not only know myself, but express these wants and desires to you. Mm. You know, I mean, this is stuff that <laughs> ideally you don't get taught at school, uh, but maybe you should to a degree. Yeah, there's like, that shame again. Sex is bad for children. Yeah, exactly. Like sexual agency and like accepting what it is that you're into and asking for it as well. Yeah. 
Why is it that we hope that our teenagers stumble across that information mm. rather than we just talk to them about it openly? Yeah. You might be into some weird shit. So are many, many people. Doesn't make you wrong, but if you hurt somebody, that's bad. Yeah. The end. How hard was that? Mm. How hard was that? Mm. You can jerk off onto about crabs if you want to. If you don't, don't hurt, hurt that crab. Yeah, or anybody, if you can help it. And, and I'm, you know what I mean. <laughs> you know what I mean. I don't endorse anybody harming anybody. But, yeah, you can jerk off to street signs if you want to. Daniel was standing suspiciously close to the crab tank at the seafood market. <laughs> With his both hands in his pocket. Oh, uh, God. All right. Um, are you good enough? Yeah. You sure? Yeah, dog. How do you know that? Because I just am. Is it because your partner's a life coach and you help you <laughs> see the truth? <laughs> uh, you saw a moment to start talking about yourself again and you just took it. Hey, that being said- um, Much like that guy you got on the rebound you helped, working at the Aquatic Centre. You helped me become me just as much as I've helped you become you. We had different things, but us being together and giving each other the safety and the space to grow and become who we are, not only that, obviously we've- um, you know, molded and affected each other. But mm. I, you know, this is a great time to just say thank you. Like, you have helped me be me and love me in a way that I'm not sure that I would have achieved so well if you hadn't have been around. Mm. And likewise, thank you. Yeah, I like to think that I've done the same thing. And yeah, if I have, have, great. Yeah, you have. I love I you am, so much. I am eternally grateful for oh my God. Um, how you've helped me uh, reach my final form, as it were. Yeah, like Freezer. Dragon Ball Z is a big thing for people of our generation. I was thinking more Pokemon, but- uh, Oh, okay. You, you know. would be. I would be. <laughs> would most people agree that you're good enough? Um, I don't necessarily care. Yeah. Yeah, it's an impossible question, isn't it? It's a really stupid question. Well, to me, it's like, if they don't think I'm good enough- It's a them thing. Yeah, it's- uh, sign that they probably don't think that they're good enough either oh yeah you know because nice people who constantly criticize others save the worst criticism for themselves yes they do high five we didn't actually high five because the teddy bears are still yeah we have two gigantic teddy bears because i have a huge thing for teddy bears or just bears in general between us blocking the sound Mm. and they're doing a great job yeah great job bears (laughs) hey are you successful Um, I don't know. Mm, got him. Stumped him. Yeah. I mean, what, what, what does it mean to be successful? Exactly. Are you doing everything you want to be doing at this point in your life? Yeah, pretty Are much. Are you holding yourself down due to shame or problems or mental dilemmas or a self-identity that says, I can't, it won't work out for me, I'm bad? No, not at all. Then I would say that you're successful. Yeah. What the fuck, what the hell is the point of life? No one can give you a definitive answer to that other than yourself. And your answer comes from your heart. Mm. You know if you're successful. You don't need to wait for anyone to tell you. Mm. And the things that you think are unsuccessful, really sit with them and really ask yourself, why do you believe that? What does that mean to you? Why are you of that opinion? Yeah. Find your own truth. Yeah, totally. Are you intelligent? Fuck yeah. (laughs) All right. Are you dependable? Yeah. You're generally capable? Yeah, yeah. All right, that's nice. I guess you love yourself. I mean, you know, just don't ask me to conduct a fucking Mozart orchestra or something like that. I said generally capable. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, capable. Will you amount to anything? Yes? No? Like, who cares? 
What does it mean to amount to something? Mm. Like, I will amount to precisely what I choose to amount to. Will you? You're not actually in control of everything. No, but what I am in control of, I will amount to being what it is that I want to be. How do you know? Because I just know it to be true. I'd say you'll amount to exactly what you become through the efforts and choices you make. Mm. With yeah. a roll the dice, fate can get in the way. I frequently talk about how you could get hit by a bus at any time and how I'd be sad, but then I'd move on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you do say that. <laughs> Are you evil? No, but I don't think anyone's truly evil. You're really boring and well-adjusted, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> Heaven or hell, which, which do you think you'll go to? Oh, neither exist. Oh, God, you're so boring. What's something you detest in the world today? Like, I have to be real. Something that I hate in the world at the moment is the film The Lobster. <laughs> it makes me seethe with rage <laughs> to think that there are people out there that say that that is a good film. It's a brilliant film. It is the most excruciating viewing experience I have ever had. If someone stopped watching halfway, I would, I would endorse that. But the first half being 12 out of 10 good makes up for everything. No. You, can't, you, you cannot get that. You and everyone like you is wrong. <laughs> and I am right. I will fight you over this. The lobster. The lobster. I, I don't know where you can see it, people, but give it your best shot. You will not be disappointed. Um, more generally, though, something that more people might agree with, uh, everything, everywhere, all at once. Yeah. Fucking brilliant. Yeah, balling. Make sure you see it. Yeah, no, other than that, like, there's nothing... I mean, I like, I detest the, the things that everyone detests, like, oh, poverty, cl like, climate change. Donald like, Trump. You know, Donald Trump. Yeah, like, is there something that I specifically detest i just cannot think of something that causes that reaction in me shut up alex let me talk okay <laughs> i detest just the fact that so many of us reject ourselves and somehow that seeped into our culture i honestly now that i'm on the far side of a journey of you know self-help becoming a coach going through this with so many people why the fuck do we do this mm. why is this endemic to our society there is nothing wrong with any of us, and yet 99% of us walk around all the time extremely worried that there's something wrong with us. No, we're human. We're weird. Why are we not okay with this? Mm. What are we doing? Why are we in some race of comparison and shaming and striving all the time? When did this become normal? I have fantasies, not only sexual, but also <laughs> sexual, about just like, I know that this is just a ridiculous overblown, but like, hear this the way I intend to say it. Like a simple human tribe of people that just be people and they let everybody be who they are and they react. To just to everything. They live and they react. They don't judge. They don't over-question. They don't, you know, have these, you know, like cats. They don't have existential crises. They just react and live. That we know of. I know that we have big monkey brains and that we're, we cannot escape the noise of our mind other than the times that we're in flow or, like, do our best to live with it and manage it in a wise way. Hashtag www.brownbearcoaching.com. <laughs> Get that plug in. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Shameless. But <sighs> just a bit of shame might be useful, Edward. Like, I have some healthy shame. Some. But why? What are we waiting for? 
It's just there's nothing wrong with us. Be exactly who you are. In your heart of hearts, you don't want to hurt anybody, so don't. If you find your self-acceptance and self-love, you will come to a place where you create, live, sing, dance, flow, produce, protect, hug, snuggle, and you probably are into fisting. Whatever you are, Mm. just love yourself, please. Nothing's stopping us except all the culture, which gets in our way. So, is the Shame Busters questionnaire really just another vehicle for you to be able to talk about yourself? The whole podcast is a vehicle for me to talk about myself, okay? <laughs> Why do you think the we're The truth here? finally <laughs> comes out. Everybody loves me. I'm the greatest. Everything I say is gold. Yeah. You should just start interviewing yourself <laughs> each episode four hours long. I kind of do. That's why I talk so much. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I know. The questions aren't for you, Alex. <laughs> They're for me to go, hmm, interesting, yeah. and then for me Here's to talk. what I do. <laughs> And again, thank you very, very much for spending the time. I absolutely love you. I hope that everybody listening loves you. Um, and if you don't, that's fine too. Yeah, cool. Is that it? Yeah, dog. We've oh, been okay. we've been going over an hour. Oh, I thought there'd be more shame buster questions. Uh, are you embarrassed easily? Um, I was for a long time. See, you're too well adjusted. <laughs> You've made the segment boring. Fuck you. Get out. I'm done. <laughs> And that was today's episode of Gaberhood. Thank you very much for listening. Um, if you are interested in becoming a patron, please go to patreon.com forward slash Gaberhood. You can get in touch at edward at gaberhoodpodcast.com. We also have an Instagram at gaberhoodpod. Err, I do believe that's it. Uh, have a wonderful time. Take care, everybody. Bye for now. do I cash my check to? Hello? No, I'm going silent so we can end the show. (laughs) Go away. Goodbye, Alex. Goodbye, Edward. Goodbye. (laughs)